Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. Time now for the Danny Mac Show with BK, getting you inside the cards at St. Louis Sports on 101 ESPN. There's no way around the magnitude of this series, how much of a statement it is. If St. Louis goes in there and gets swept by the Reds, well, that's a pretty declarative statement. But if St. Louis goes in there and beats the Reds and comes out with a series win or a sweep, that's also a huge declarative statement. So, you know, you look at September, there's going to be a lot of wild times. Katie Wood from The Athletic was on with BK and Ferrario and Tanner just the other day talking about the series between the Cardinals and the Reds. It's the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Our guest will be Chris Welsh, longtime analyst of Reds Baseball. We got a doubleheader today after the rainout last night. Looking forward to it, BK. Not too bad, Come man. On, man. Fire Not up. Too We're bad. looking forward right. to it. So here's the thing. Today oh, is maybe boy, the go. most. No, 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 no. Go in the other direction. All right. Today might be the most consequential day of Cardinals baseball in 2021. It has the potential to be that. If you win both of these games, you're a half game out of the wild card potentially at the end of the day. And we're talking about a team that is right in the thick of things going into the month of September. Now in the month of September. If you lose both of these games, well, now you're four and a half games back with a four-game set coming up against what I believe to be the most talented team probably in the sport of baseball this year. And suddenly, instead of having some good feeling in the month of September, now you're talking about, oh my God, is the is the season about to be over after the Cardinals play the Dodgers? So if you're looking for consequential baseball, well, we got it. And it's happening in one day with a doubleheader for the Cardinals and has the potential to be the, the legit swing game, swing day, one way or the other. All right, September 1st is here. One month to go. Miles Michaelis will go against Wade Miley. That is in game one. That could be a really fast game if if I'll tell you what, man, if Michaelis is is pumping strikes like he normally does when he's right, and Wade Miley is one of the fastest workers in baseball to seven in game, you could be done hour and a half, two hours. I'm in. Uh Cardinals enter September. By the way, game two, Jay Happ and Sonny Gray. Both games will be seen on Valley Sports. Uh Cardinals enter September sixty seven and sixty three. And while we get frustrated at times, and me included, with things that happen uh throughout a season, this is the fourteenth straight year they've entered the final month of the season at five hundred or better. Fourteen consecutive years. So when a lot of teams are rebuilding and again, we can all discuss well you're just four games above 500. I get it. But you're not 20 below, which is what a lot of teams have had to do just to get back and get high picks and, for lack of a better word, tank to stay to, to get competitive again. So uh, kudos to them for doing that. We'll see how it finishes up after the month because of all the very, very tough games that they had. Um, Tommy Edmond. Now, he's going to be in the leadoff spot, that one-two punch with Goldie's been awfully good. Um, we don't necessarily talk about it that much. Um, obviously, we all know, and, and we can see the teams ahead of us on our schedule. And uh, these are the teams that we're going to have to beat um, if we're going to want to make, want to make playoffs and, and if we're want to, going to have success in playoffs, too. So we're excited. We are excited. And one of the things that happens with this team and their chance to win is because their starting pitching gives them a chance to win. Their ERA, by the way, the starters, was 277 in the month of August. So, you know, while they've had some really frustrating losses, 
the starters have really settled down, and even minus Jack Flaherty. It's been pretty good. And the month of August, 277, that's one of the best in baseball. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The Cardinals, if you're just looking statistically since the trade deadline, so for the month of August, They've actually been pretty good on, on all on all fronts. Their bullpen is top five in the National League. Their starting pitching top five in the National League. Their offense, surprisingly enough, is actually best overall in terms of offensive production in the National League since the trade deadline. So statistically, they've been very good. The problem is, for whatever reason, it just hasn't caught on to translate into wins at times so far in the month of August. And that really goes to what we talked about yesterday with the situational hitting. It goes to the big implosion innings. You need to avoid those in a game like this, in a series like this against the Reds. Now that you're playing quality opponents again, they can take advantage of your mistakes. The Royals couldn't. The Pirates at times earlier this year couldn't. The Dodgers, the Reds, the Padres, these are teams that will take advantage of your mistakes. So the Cardinals have to play pretty close to mistake-free baseball. I always love looking at the numbers at the end of the month and you know going ahead and beginning, that kind of thing. But right now, the Cardinals, and I mentioned the starting pitching in August, settled down. So BK, they have used 12 different starters this year. Wayno, Kim, Martinez, Flaherty, Gant, Oviedo, uh, LeBlanc, Lester, Hap, Michaelis, Woodford, Ponce. That's a lot, man. That's You're dealing with a lot of injuries. So they have won for the five months. They have been above 500. It does just, it, it just, man, if they could have just settled things down in June. June was the one that just kills you where they went 10 and 17. And to put it in perspective, four winning months is actually more than the Reds. So you go into this series and here you have a chance now or this two-game set today to be just a half game out. Now, there are September call-ups for people that are curious. It's not like when you were on the 40-man roster, you got a chance to get called up in September. September, that doesn't work anymore. Call-ups apparently will be catcher Ali Sanchez and Brandon Dixon. Dixon this year with Memphis ERA close to 10 in 10 innings. Sanchez, uh, 62 games at 268. Now, one of the things that that does for the Cardinals, and you always want to have a third catcher if you can, is maybe you give Kisner some plate appearances here, which is something that he needs down the stretch if the situation calls for it. A little surprised by the Dixon call-up. The, the Sanchez one makes sense, and it, I probably should have seen this one coming. I didn't. I didn't expect it, but it makes sense because, as you mentioned, now you can use Kisner in other opportunities. He's somebody that you can use as a chess piece in these games. The Dixon one is a bit surprising to me because I don't believe he was on the 40-man roster, so you have to clear up a spot if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then on top of that, he just hasn't been particularly good down in AAA. Now, he was effective for Team USA in the Olympics, so maybe they think they can catch lightning in a bottle there, and that's fine, but... Given the fact that they're still in the race, I would have liked to have brought up more of a dynamic arm for them, but I, I guess they're deciding that... What are you going to bring up, though? I would like to see Liberatore. I understand, though, if they believe that the best thing for his development is keeping him down. I get that. And I think eventually what we'll see is Dakota Hudson in that role. I oh, think you you're going yeah, sure. to see him. So maybe this is just a temporary thing, and it's not going to be a huge deal in the end, and I'm overreacting to what is going to be like a one-week stint. So That's fine. Gorman at Memphis, by the way, if you're thinking about Nolan Gorman or Matthew Liberatore, and again, you, you never know how the month plays out. we still got a lot of baseball here. Uh, but Gorman at Memphis, 52 games for fans that are curious, 278, 19 extra base hits, uh, 10 home runs. He's driven in 36, his 
OPS is 796. Libertor, 16 games, 15 starts. He's 6 and 7, ERA of just above 4.5. Um, typically, I, I'm with you. I, I like to see guys that um, can get their feet wet at the major league level. I don't know if you knew this or, or fans knew this, but it, right around the All Star game, um, a minor league baseball said, hey, we're going to add two more weeks to the uh, AAA schedule. So they're actually doing that, and they're going to play like a 10-game. Uh, every every team's going to get 10 more games, essentially, with the two weeks. And that's going to allow them to get more time because, remember, they started later. And for teams that are going to postseason play, it keeps these guys sharp um, and allows them to maybe be called up for the postseason, depending on how they want to do it. But, it, you know, it, it is something to look at. I know you would love to see Gorman and Libertor if, if – if you felt like it wasn't going to stunt their development, yeah, they'd be here. And maybe the Cardinals will eventually. You don't know because of injuries and how things play out. But um, I do understand to the point that you made why you do that. I, I think you keep them going, have them have a normal uh, minor league season, and then we'll see where the chips fall, so to speak, in uh, spring training next year. The other guy that I would have liked to have seen called up is Juan Yepes, and I know I'm certainly not alone on that. There's a lot of Cardinals fans that I don't have been think he's about. on the 40-man, is he? He's not, but yeah. I, I don't believe Brandon Dixon is either. Um, so they're going to have to make a move on these either way, um, and Juan Yepes is probably going to get an opportunity, whether it be now or at some point early next year. So he's the 40-man, they, they can massage that in ways if they need to I it is what it is Dan they're good if they're going to make the playoffs this year it's going to be because of the guys that were on the 26-man roster at the end of August not the guys that they add in the beginning of September so these are just these are tangential pieces that I, I would have liked to have seen but uh they're going to move forward with Ollie Sanchez and Dixon and we'll see how that works for them I'm looking forward to today uh I'm a fan of the seven inning double headers I think that you manage differently in the fourth and the fifth inning as opposed to what you would do in a normal game and we saw plenty of these last year obviously so I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be kind of fun. I love it. I know Tanner absolutely despises these seven-inning games, but I think they're great. Um, I think they move at a quicker pace uh, for me, and there's just you get to like the fifth inning, you're like, whoa, okay, here we go. Yeah. Like, this is, on this the is now high-leverage situations. What are you going to do here? Are you going to pinch hit? Are you going to – your starter has been great for you, but he's getting ready to go through second, third time through the order. Are you going to go to your pin here? What's that look like? And with the Cardinals, the added intrigue is – They've kind of changed some of these roles for their bullpen relievers now. What what are you going to use the? How are you going to utilize these guys? And in one day, you're not going to use a guy at two o'clock and then again at eight o'clock. How are you going to maneuver with all you of these today, different though. moves? You, you think? Might. Yeah, I I think you go for broke today. I was just exactly what you were thinking about. Like, do you do you go back to some of these guys? And I think you do. Mm-hmm. I. I again, I, I th- these two games mean so much for both these teams. I think you go for broke. And so if that means you press the issue a little bit where you normally would never do that in a doubleheader, I think maybe today you do. As long as it's quick relief appearances, exactly. maybe you go that yeah, route. you got to be responsible to the individual. Don't get me wrong. If a guy has like 15-plus pitches, I'm probably not going back to him in the second game. Go ahead, Tanner. What's You don't like these? If, uh, if they lose by one today in both, both doubleheaders, all I'm going to say is I want my six other outs. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> all right. That's fair. Little curmudgeon. I hate, I hate the seven inning doubleheaders. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. 
Danny Mac show on a Wednesday rolls on as we get you set for baseball coming up on Bally Sports Midwest. It's a doubleheader. First of two will be seen right around 1210 St. Louis time, 1130 pregame show. Chris Welsh works for Bally Sports Ohio, does a great job for many, many years covering the Cincinnati Reds, former uh, major league pitcher. Reds come in 71 and 62 and the Cardinals now two and a half back of both Cincinnati and the Padres in that uh, final wild card spot as always chris great to hear your voice how you doing i'm doing great danny you know it's been finally for rich fans anyway uh, a, a different kind of year because they're playing meaningful games here uh when you come into the month of september how about the the doubleheader today i guess uh, the remnants from the hurricane got to uh, cincinnati last night there i guess there's no way to play it so you have back-to-back seven inning games and let's talk about what you're featuring you got wade miley sonny gray we'll start with wade miley he's 11 and 4 man that's been a pretty good year for him it's a pivotal day no doubt and miley's been really good you know it's kind of interesting because miley is one of these outlier pitchers this year that you know doesn't throw hard doesn't have great spin rate you know doesn't strike out a lot of hitters he has a cutter and a changeup. He, so he's got one pitch that moves in the right-handers, one pitch that moves away. Uh, he keeps the ball down. Uh, every once in a while he'll throw a 90-mile-an-hour fastball to keep guys honest. But he works faster than any pitcher since Mark Burley. He was taught by his college coach, never turn your back on the hitter. And that keeps his pace going very quickly. He gets better defense behind him, and that's his game. I love it. I think it's great. And then Sonny Gray, 6-6. Six and six. I can't figure out, and we had Sam LeCure on yesterday, and I asked him about it. When I watch your games, Chris, I can't figure out why Sonny Gray is 6-6. Six and six. Now, his ERA is below 4, but there are times I watch him, I think this guy is the best pitcher on the planet, and then there's other times I think he can't get somebody out. It's just it's odd, because I know the stuff is there, and uh, the makeup is there. I just can't quite figure it out. Yeah, what he doesn't normally do, what Wade Miley does, is go deep into ball games. now. I mean, you can't go five innings, even six innings, and expect your bullpen always to hold on and get you the W. So those guys that rack up wins are normally either getting a lot of runs in support or they're going deep into ball games. And Gray looks like a world beater sometimes. He's got some of the most moving fastball that you're going to see. He's got a great curveball. But he uses a lot of pitches. Sometimes he gets 0-2 on a hitter and then nibbles around. And um, I think, though, the last few times out, Gray has kind of begun to figure out the difference between pitching and trying to shaping his pitches. And he's backed off a little bit on his velocity. His movement is still there. His command is a little bit better. And his breaking pitch is better. I think Gray now, uh, even though he was bothered with a lot of leg injuries early in the year, back injury early in the year, I think he's feeling a little bit more healthy. And I think that uh, for that reason, the Reds are optimistic about every time he takes the mound. Chris, I I love watching you break down pitching. And I'm curious, um, when you watch Adam Wainwright from an opposing viewpoint, whether he's the enemy or not, but how much, how much fun do you like, uh, you know, watching a guy like this do what he's doing at now the age of 40? I got to tell you, Danny, there are a lot of Reds fans that get a major case of the goo when Adam Wainwright pitches, and I begin to tell everybody how much I love watching this guy pitch. I'm I'm a fan of the art of pitching, and that's really what he does. He shows you over and over again why you don't have to throw 100 miles an hour to get a hitter out, Uh, why you can feed on the weaknesses of a hitter and what he sees with his eyes. And I just love his competitive nature. I wish that the Reds had, you know, one of those guys. I think we do, and kind of Wade Miley is the same type of guy. But 
Wainwright is really in a class by himself. Uh, you know, I used to love watching Greg Maddox pitch, uh, you know, Pedro Martinez. And I think Wainwright's in that same category. Here he is 40 years old. He's the best pitcher on your ball club. But, you know, the funny thing is the analysts, they don't want to talk about him. You know, all these people that are teaching pitching nowadays and are teaching velo and spin rate and all that, they don't want to talk about Wade Miley's and Adam Wainwright. Uh, yet, hitters don't want to face this guy. And uh, I really love watching him pitch. Uh, you never guarantee what's going to happen. But I do know that, you know, nowadays, one of the successes for Wainwright is the fact that hitters don't make the adjustment. Yeah. Back in the old days, and I mean old days, meaning, you know, maybe the 70s and 80s and even early 90s, you would see hitters changing the spots in the in the batter's box. When they face a guy like Miley or Wainwright, they'd move up in the box, get on top of the plate, make the pitcher make the adjustment. Nowadays, guys dig a hole in the back of the batter's box. That's where they stay. They're going to live and die in that hole, and uh, it feeds right into the uh, the strengths of a pitcher like Adam Wainwright. You know, it's it's so funny you bring that up. I was just talking about that exact point the other day to where they these guys are the anti-2021 and I'm not sure that these young kids that have come up to the major leagues have seen guys that can actually pitch they cut it they move it they spot it they don't need to throw 95 to 100 but yet you're always off balance and and I'm just not sure that I'm seeing the modern day hitter and I'm saying you know the last couple of years make the adjustment against guys like Wainwright and Miley I really don't you know, Danny, I remember facing Keith Hernandez, and, you know, whether he was wearing a you know, Mets uniform or a Cardinal uniform, it didn't matter. I mean, you just face him four times, and he would be in the batter, different spot in the batter's box every time, trying to stay one step ahead of you, making you make the adjustment. Hitters don't do it, and pitchers, the young pitchers coming up, aren't exposed to pitching coaches that will help them pitch like that. I think that there's a lot of pitchers down in the minor leagues that could be successful in the big leagues, but because they don't rate with their stuff, they don't really get the chance that the hard throwers do. And that's why we have guys that you know, have as many walks as they do strikeouts. We call those guys good pitchers. So <laughs> Wainwright, he, bre- he breaks the mold on that, and I love it. Chris Welsh is our guest, great analyst for Reds baseball. How many years now? Are you close to 30 years? This is 29, yeah. Wow. I, uh, you know what? You know how this business is, Danny. I mean, we survive with a series of one, two, and three-year deals, and sometimes they like you, sometimes they don't. And you just try to... Uh, Go out there and do your job. Have fun. Remember that uh, uh, this is a game and, and not a uh, you know not brain surgery, uh, or else neither of us would be out there doing it. Ain't that the truth? Holy smokes! Um, <laughs> so I, I am curious about some of the guys uh, in the lineup or even out of the lineup with the Reds. Um, and the Cardinals catch a break with Jesse Winker not being in the lineup, who's just destroyed the Cardinals. Obviously, this year he's been a great player, All Star this year for you guys. When are you anticipating him coming back? Boy, that's a good question. I mean, there's a there's really a question as to whether he's even going to be back in September. He's got a back injury, and those things, you know, sometimes take long, a long time to get right. And they miss him. There's no question about it. I mean, Tyler Naquin has gotten better this year. Uh, you still have Joey Votto having a very good year. You do miss a guy like Winker. I mean, Winker is a middle of the lineup hitter, and when you miss him for a prolonged period, your your lineup just not as good as it could be. Is uh, India, in your opinion, the the rookie of the year, your second baseman? I think without a doubt. And, and you know what's really interesting about that? Is that? He came within about a week of being sent down to minor leagues, and we may never have heard from him again, at least until another injury happened. He was battling with Nick Senzel uh, for some infield jobs. They weren't sure where India was going to be able to play. They didn't think that he could play shortstop, but they thought second base was a good spot. But originally, 
that second base spot was supposed to be Mike Moustakas all year long. So Nick Senzel goes down with an injury. Mike Moustakas goes down with an injury. Just along the time that India is about to be sent to the minor leagues, next thing you know, India is playing every day. He turns himself into a rookie of the year candidate, having a great year. He's a Reds slash Cardinals type player. I mean, he's a Tommy Edmond type player. You know, he's he's a uh, gets his uniform dirty. He plays through injury. He has gotten better, learned how to turn nice double play. Uh, he's got some pop. He feels a little bit better at the plate now. He's trying to go deep every time he comes up to lead the lead the uh, the inning off. And uh, I just love the way he plays. And I think any baseball fan that really loves hard nosed baseball love, would love him as well. I was looking the other day. Nick Castellanos is hitting close to three eighty at home. Uh, and there's been what five guys that have done that in Reds history. I think the last was Pete Rose in sixty nine, three eighty or better. Um, and now he has an opt-out in his deal. Has there been talk about extending him or what he may try to do with that uh, that opt-out? There's been an eerie silence about that opt-out, and I don't think that anybody's going to talk about it publicly. Uh, the kind of year that he's having, uh, you know, he's, there's going to be some teams that love the way he plays. This guy, you know, you've seen him from afar. He runs every ground ball out. I mean, he is a team guy. You know, you saw the incident with Molina, and and, and that's just his attitude. He brings that attitude, and when he's on your ball club, you absolutely love him because of that, because he makes everybody else better. And I think there are a lot of teams out there drooling, uh, waiting waiting to make an offer. Uh, to get him on their ball club next year. Yeah, it was interesting. Castellanos kind of hovering over Jake Woodford at the beginning of the season, and that set the tone for the old Cardinal-Red rivalry right away in the first uh, week of the season. Joey Votto has been remarkable in the second half. Now, he's cooled off a little bit here in the last, I guess, week and a half or so. What do you see, Chris, and you've done just about every one of his games since he came to the big leagues, and we're talking about pitchers that make adjustments over time. But it seems like this guy changes over time, too, as a hitter. What, what are you seeing now in 2021? Well, most recently what I see is less um, attention to trying to get a base on balls and more attention to hitting balls out of the ballpark. I mean, he's a big, strong guy. He's got wrists like fence posts. And he's got really good uh, ability to keep himself in shape, uh, keep himself healthy, and and hit the ball hard. And what he wanted to do over the wintertime was hit more barrels. Now, barrels is defined as the velocity of the ball coming off the bat between certain launch angles, between 8 degrees and 32 degrees. Basically, those are line drives. 8 degrees is a line drive at the infielder's kneecaps, and 32 degrees is a ball that's going to get out of the ballpark if you hit it hard enough. So that's what he wanted to do. So in order to do that, he went from a crouch, the old Pete Rose-style crouch, where he was slashing the ball to left field, to standing straight up and down and becoming more of a an old-fashioned, low-inside wheelhouse left-handed hitter. And uh, it's changed big time for him because it's enabled him to hit the ball uh, farther every time. Uh, instead of hitting the ball the warning track, it's going into the seats. Uh, he likes it better. He's not you know, necessarily getting as many walks, and there are certain pitches that he can't really hit the left field like he used to, but he still is doing more damage, and that's one reason why the Reds are in contention is because Votto's having a great year. I want to ask you, before we let you go, you do a, a great job with the rules of a baseball man, and there are so many 
odd, quirky rules in our game, as we all know. And if you go to baseballrulesacademy.com, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I go there all the time for uh, basically help when something happens, and I try to be a stickler on the rules as well. But Baseball Rules Academy, this is something that you started uh, in conjunction. Well, you did it yourself, but you got a bunch of the Major League umpires to help you out, and you've got videos and tutorials, uh, examples of odd plays in baseball that that take place. Um, and really, it's, it's a cheat sheet in a lot of ways for all of us that need help in the middle of a game, and we're trying to figure out what the heck is going on down there. So how did this all come about for you? Why, why did you start this uh, this website? I started it, Danny, because as a broadcaster, we had to play on the field one time that I thought as a former player that I knew the rules, right? I was dead wrong. Uh, it happens on the field. I don't know what's going on. I've got to come back from break after 90 seconds and trying to look this rule up in the rule book and I apologize to my viewers because I'm saying, folks, I don't know what they're doing down there. So, you know, maybe some broadcasters are okay with that. I know that you and I are not. So I ended up making a database of all the rules in baseball with slang that would go in it, like uh, batted ball hits runner, something like that. So that would bring up the rule. And then one thing leads to another, and the rules are complicated. And they're um, it, it's a, it, they're really complicated with the, with baseball rules, and there's a ton of them, and it's all subject to interpretation. So, you know, this little database that I started has turned into a huge uh, compilation of rules and blogs and videos and things like this so that you can still put in a piece of slang phrase and look up any rule, but now you've got videos popping up. You've got expert opinions coming around. I've got uh, you know managers around baseball calling me, asking me questions. I've got... Uh, people who are contributors who are Major League Rules consultants. I've got Major League umpires who are consulting all the time. So if you want to learn a rule, uh, it's a good place. It's absolutely free. Uh, you get up to 10 articles free uh, per month every time you want to uh, join up. So uh, it's kind of my way of saying thank you to the baseball community for letting me enjoy a career that uh, has been now around 40 years. I played 10 years. I have 30 years as a broadcaster. So I've got to say thank you somehow. Hey, Chris, thanks for hopping on <laughs> again. BaseballRulesAcademy.com. BaseballRulesAcademy.com. And it uh, should be a fun doubleheader at the Great American Ballpark. Looking forward to it. And thanks for hopping on this morning. Really appreciate it. Enjoyed very much, Danny Mack. i got to tell you, St. Louis fans are lucky to have you. And vice versa. Thanks so much, Chris. That's uh, Chris Welsh. Okay, you bet. I'll see you. I'll, I'll give you a call before this first game. You know that. That's uh, Chris Welsh of the uh, Cincinnati Reds. Can't get enough cards talk? You've come to the right place. Back to more of the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. All right, let's go around the major leagues. That is BK. I'm Danny Mack. It's the Danny Mack Show on a Wednesday, getting you set for baseball coming up on Valley Sports. Also with uh, Alex and BK coming up at the uh, top of the hour with their program between 11 and 2. So, Red Sox, uh, let's start with this. This is big news to me. I mean... COVID-19 is obviously still around in our everyday lives, and it's now affecting uh, baseball again. Xander Bogarts had to leave the game against the Rays after a positive COVID-19 test, and they've got like eight or nine guys now, BK, with COVID, and and these are big players. And I was watching that game, and we said middle of the game, they had to pull him out. And I think the effect is, is it's not only are you losing these very good players, but then think about what's happening 
to get ready for games. You know, just the, the mindset of players and in, in you're walking around kind of skittish. You're kind of walking around a little bit nervous about what's going on. That is not a good situation right now with the Boston Red Sox. Yeah, it's bad. And it's for baseball. It's for sports. It's for all of us right now trying to figure out how to navigate through all of this. And if you're the Red Sox, this is the worst possible time for it to happen as well because you're right in the middle of this playoff race. Right now, the Red Sox are two games back of the Yankees for the top wild card spot. But they are just a game up on the Oakland A's. And we're talking about this off air, Dan. Don't forget about the Mariners. Don't forget about the Toronto Blue Jays as well. They're right in the thick of things a few games back right now, too. So if you're the Red Sox, this is a tough time to be able to lose one of your best players on the roster. And the team that just keeps on winning, it's the Tampa Bay Rays. Again tonight, oh, there's a shot off the bat of a Rose Arena, and that one is gone. He lines it into right. That's a base hit. Kiermaier's going to score. They're going to stop Mejia. The throw is wide, and that's going to go all the way to the front of the dugout, allowing Mejia to come home. So right now, the Rays are rolling. They win 8-5 to five over Boston. Winning streak is at 9. Wander Franco extends his on-base streak to 31 games. Fifth longest in baseball history for a player at the age of 20 or younger. Tampa Bay, eight in front of the Yankees, ten in front of Boston now. And as BK mentioned, Red Sox one up in the wild card on Oakland, three and a half in front of Seattle. Astros had to play Zach Greinke and Taylor Jones on the IL, citing health and safety protocols. Normally, that's contact tracing for COVID-19. Houston is five up, by the way, in their division. The Blue Jays, George Springer, had to leave with a possible injury again. They said it was precautionary, but man, oh man, they just can't catch a break right now. The Toronto Blue Jays, they also, by the way, interesting move. They DFA'd Brad Hand one month after acquiring him. Now, the Blue Jays had catching depth. That's what they gave up to get him. They got like five guys that they like. But that is a interesting move after just one month to get rid of a guy that, uh, if you could find it and get him right, could be really good down the stretch. Well, that's this feels like one of those situations where the general manager says, hey, if we keep him on the roster, our manager's going to keep using him, and he hasn't been good, and we need to stop using him in high-leverage spots. So that, that feels like what that is. It's just me reading the tea leaves there. Could be, yeah. As for George Springer, this is a guy that I was very interested in the offseason because he's a hell of a player. But man, his first year in Toronto has gone about as poorly as anybody could have expected. And it's all injury related. It's not because he's a bad player suddenly, but man, these injuries are starting to mount for him. And 2021 just feels like it's a lost year at this point for Springer. Blue Jays, by the way, if you were hoping to get Gregory Polanco, that ain't going to happen. He signed a minor league deal with the Blue Jays. They assigned him to AAA. Is there any doubt that this guy is the MVP in the American League? A swing and a miss, a delayed double steal attempt, throw to the plate, it is We might take a look at that, but it looked like Shohei got his hand in there. If it stands, it's the second stolen base of the game for Shohei. Gosselin draws the throw, and then Shohei was off to the races. Angels beat the Yankees 6-4, to Otani just steals home. So, okay, I can't pitch, you know, my, my wrist and my hand, I got hit, I can't do that. But I'll just hit bombs and steal home. It's unbelievable what He's this guy's doing. He's one of the most exciting players in the sport, one of the most exciting players we've ever seen do it. Dan, there are a million different stories that have been written this year about how Shohei Otani's doing things that we haven't seen since Babe Ruth. And in some ways, 
he's doing things that we've quite literally never seen. Um, and it's it's amazing to watch. And I hope people are able to continuously see these highlights because I know the Angels aren't particularly good. They don't have Mike Trout right now. There's not a whole lot of reasons to watch their games in their entirety. But the Shohei Otani highlights are worth the price of admission alone. Well, you mentioned exciting plays. This was one from last night. And only three runs driven in. Hits that hard. Right field. It's deep. Back is Olivares. He's out of room. It's off the wall. And Ahmed can fly. He's around second on his way to third. He's going to go for an inside the park home run. Here he comes. Here's the throw. Forget about it. Ahmed Rosario coming up a little gimpy. But for now, it's an inside the park home run. Indians beat the uh, Royals. Inside the park home run for Rosario. 7-2. to I think Tanner just put that in there because it was Kansas City. I was about to say, I think this is an exciting play depending on your perspective here, <laughs> right. Dan. I just uh-huh. enjoy the inside the park home run. Don't worry about yeah, the Kansas okay, City. Sure. Okay. Yeah, okay, sure. Everybody right. believes that. I'm going to go ahead and say that was in there exclusively because of who it came against, and I'm going to just move on from it. I got gotcha. you. Uh, Mets, Javi Baez. I was so interested to see what would happen. So it was Monday in which he essentially called out the fans doing the thumbs down thing he said that's our protest against the fans so to speak and if they're going to boo us that's our way of when we do something well to kind of boo them so javi baez stepped to the plate they had a doubleheader yesterday they get a force play and now here's baez and that was the tv call there from gary cohen i was watching this game too and SNY, who is, I think they do just a great job covering baseball with uh, Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling and Gary Cohen, and their their production team is fantastic. So that gives you a little taste of what it was like. So he's getting booed, BK, but they kept on cutting the shots, different shots. And I mean, fans are up giving him the thumbs down. There were signs that they brought to the ballpark. I mean, they were all over him Good. yesterday. And. Rightfully so. Yeah. You know, you can't go after the fans, period. Yeah, they they deserved to do that. But then after that, Dan, it became a little bit of a different vibe at the stadium. Javi grounds one on the left side. Deep in the hole is Rojas. His desperation throw not in time. A run comes in, and the tying run goes to third. An infield hit for Baez to drive in Smith to make it 5-4. to four. And Conforto slashes one the other way. Base hit. That ties the game. Alonzo in. Baez digging for third. It's kicked by Alfaro. Here comes Baez trying to score. He scores, and the Mets win it. And he said, turn those thumbs around or something like that at mm-hmm. the end of the call. So it was a hustle play for Javi Baez. He drives in a run in game one in the doubleheader against the Marlins. That was a makeup from April 11th, which means the RBI dates back to then for Baez. And that was when he was also a member of the Cubs and drove in a run in that game. So that makes Baez just the second player since runs batted in became a stat to drive in two for two different teams on the same day. The last to do was Cliff Johnson in 1980. Um, interesting part of that, too, when he came around to score, it was kind of a crazy slide at the plate. He also lost a diamond stud. Yeah, and not just lost it, Dan, but he lost it and they had to create a search party yes. to try to find it, including their general manager. I loved the press release that came out for the media. It said they're looking for it. They've got this, uh, this search committee that's going to try to find it. And our general manager, Sandy Alderson, is down there helping everybody try to find the diamond stud earring for Javi Baez. I wonder how God much that, that diamond stud was worth. Uh, as much as Sandy Alderson's salary, I would imagine. You think so? I I would have to imagine it's at least in the six figures. At oh, least it's in the six, six figures. Sandy Alderson's making big money. I know. But, uh, yeah, I'd say 150 maybe. Easily. 
Two? Yeah. Two fifty? Quarter of a million dollar diamond stud? I would say it's up in that range. Wow. I would have to imagine. Otherwise, why are you creating a search search party to be able to find it? That's true. <laughs> that is very true. Padres beat the Diamondbacks, so let's go back to the National League in the wild card. Uh, 3 nothing in that game. Manny Machado stepping to the plate. Driven to deep left field. Down the line, and that ball is gone! Two-run home run for Manny Machado, his 23rd of the year, and the Padres take a 2-0 lead. They would win the ball game 3-0. So now they're tied with the Reds for the final wild-card spot, two and a half in front of St. Louis. And I think the big thing that comes out of that game is Blake Snell. Mm-hmm. Blake Snell looking like Blake Snell. He had seven no-hit innings before being pulled. The Diamondbacks came, uh, hit came with one out in the eighth. But if they can get him back on track to where he was pitching at the latter stages of last season with Tampa Bay then they become a different team every fifth day when he's on the mound. I know there were some that were disappointed to see him pulled from that game. He had thrown 107 pitches already. He wasn't going to get the full nine innings at that point. And you just want to see him get out of that game feeling good about himself. Because you mentioned it, Dan. Blake Sell has not been particularly good this season. No. And the Padres had to win that game. Yes, They were only up 3 to nothing, so it's not like they had this massive lead. They had to be able to pull that one off. Go to the back of your bullpen. Go ahead and close that thing out. Figure out a way to come home with a victory. Blake Snell feeling good. Everything they needed out of that game, they were able to get, so there's no reason to push him any further. So we've talked a lot about the schedule of the Phillies. It's really soft here down the stretch, and they picked up another win last night against Washington. That one's down the left field line. Doesn't have enough. Bell's going back. It's gone! The opposite way for Brad Miller. Just over the Nationals' flower bed. A two-run home run for Miller off the bench. Our buddy Brad Miller doing uh, what Brad Miller does, which is hit bombs from the left side, and he's got three, I think, in the last either three or four games. And so the Phillies beat the Nationals 12-6. to So your wild card picture, don't even include the Dodgers. They're 13 up for that first spot. Then you have Cincinnati, San Diego. They are both at 71-62, and 62, tied for the second wild card spot. The Phillies are two and a half with the Cardinals tied there, and then the Mets are now five and a half back after winning both ends of the doubleheader against the Marlins yesterday. So it sets the stage for baseball and the Cardinals and the Reds this afternoon from the Great American Ballpark. It's a doubleheader and uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one, Dan, and it's a big day for Cardinals baseball. They've got to be able to take at least one of these two. Then you take two of three in the series and you're feeling pretty good going into the Dodgers series, uh, or excuse me, the, the Brewer series and then into the Dodgers series after that. You like where they're at at that point. If you lose both of these games, feeling much less uh, optimistic about where the team is. It's a hugely important series, and the Cardinals got off to a good start. Got to get at least one or two of these. So Miles Michaelis against Wade Miley. First game at 12-10 here in St. Louis. 11-30 pregame show on Valley Sports. And then Jay Happ, Sonny Gray in game two. All right, give me your... Uh your expectations. What do you think? Split? I think they get one of two. I'm a little worried about the Michaelis start just because righties have been um, very, they've been struggling immensely against the Reds this year. The Reds hit righties much better than they do lefties. I think you could see Jay Happ have a nice little start in this one. So I'm going to go with one out of two, and I think Jay Happ gets the win. So to further your point, they are number one in OPS against right handed pitching. The Reds are this season. Now, they're not uh, dealing with, or they're dealing with a situation where they do not have Winker, um, obviously not in the game. So that's that's big. 
against lefties, and we saw it the other night with John Lester. If you can locate, you can win against this team. And India's been struggling. Votto's been struggling. They were able to keep Castellanos at bay um, against left-handed pitching. They're like in the bottom third of most offensive categories against lefties. So that's why game two, yeah, you sneak one by in game one, man, you're playing with house money. Going game two with a lefty, I'm with you. I think Miles Michaelis is a big start for him. Yeah, a big one for the Cardinals today, and hopefully they're able to get at least one out of two of these. And then, Dan, you've got Wayno on the mound on Friday in game one against the Brewers, and that's really where things get interesting again. Yes. Is Anytime he's on the mound, you've got a real shot, regardless of who you're going up against. And uh, things are going to get very real very quickly for this team. The opponents do not lighten up at any point, really, until the very end of the schedule when you've got the Cubs on there. It's playoff baseball from here until the end of the month. Love it. Uh, what's coming up on your show? Looking forward to forward to it today, Dan. We've got Chris Kerber coming up at one thirty. We're going to talk a lot about the Cardinals in the first hour, certainly, as we lead into uh, Cardinals day game baseball today against the Reds. And we'll continue talking about how just how important this series is for the Cards. Great stuff. Thanks, Tanner. Awesome job. Thanks to Chris Welsh. And we'll talk to you tomorrow at 10. Cramming more St. Louis sports talk into your brain. It's the Danny Mac Show with BK on 101 ESPN. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home-trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.